The Restless Midlifer podcast. Get health, weight and life back on your terms. Welcome to episode 88 of the podcast. Now, today we've got an interview with Dave Armstrong. He's a fellow member of the CrossFit Taylor Training and he's been a member for five years or so after experiencing a heart attack and he shares a story about how he came to join CrossFit Taylor Training, so I won't steal the thunder on that. But it's an interesting experience, it's an interesting story to hear because for many of us in terms of midlife and beyond, we're, we're perhaps we've taken our eye off our health ball, if you like, for, for lots of different reasons, lots of demands. Um, and there's a combination of things that can happen. But it, one of the things is that our health can deteriorate or we can take our eye off some of the key markers of health. And that's not just weight. That's things like cholesterol levels, stress levels and other things. So one of the things that I wanted to, to explore with Dave was not only the, the the story about the heart attack, because he's a genuinely fit bloke beforehand in some respects and still experienced the heart attack, um, but his emotions and his feelings afterwards and how he has now built himself into being fitter than he was beforehand um, and almost thankful, I guess, for, for the experience, although I wouldn't, you know, that's probably not the word he'd use, but he's kind of, in some respects, looks back on it and thinks what would have happened if it hadn't happened what direction of travel would either he have been heading in. And I won't talk any more about the interview, but I think it's a really good one and a positive one because it shows also what you can achieve at any age if you just start and start small. And this is the thing, because what, what I want to share in my sort of food for thought, if you like, before the, the interview is that really a little case study, i.e. me, my own experience to, to sort of encourage you to, to see this works. This approach works. I'm big and I've spoken loads in the podcast about the all or nothing approach of going all in on a diet, all in on an exercise plan, all in on both, trying to pull back the reality of life and managing for a while, perhaps achieving some great results, but then it all crumbles and fails and we end up back to where we were or back to the old habits, back to the old rituals and the health can return to its former poorer state, the weight can return to that and also perhaps be even worse. So one of the things that I think is really important is to stress that, that I talk a lot about doing, you know, the small stuff, sweating the sprouts, building in the small routines, rituals and habits and incrementally introducing them into life, testing them, embedding them and building on them and shaping your life around that. Dealing with the mind and the, the self-cabotage, as I call it, that comes up in those smaller instances so that we can start to build not only the, the foundations of the habits, rituals and routines, the thinking habits and tools set that help us deal with the self-cabotage and then build our environment and our, our health architecture to really support a complete change. And I'd like, I believe in doing that by that small sprout site, incremental sprout sweating, experimental testing approach rather than the all or nothing. And I'm really, really passionate about this for lots of reasons, but one key reason is me because I have been, as I've talked about in many podcast episodes, that all or nothing person, the one who bought into the next diet or next fitness careers or next this, that and the other. And it's not just in health, it's in lots of different things. I am all or nothing. I'm a recovering all or nothing person. Um, I still have to catch myself uh, in the act and change and shift and apply some of the tools I've learned. But the point is, um, we talked about it in the interview actually that I was waiting for some um, blood test results from uh, my doctors. Um, and actually since then I've got the results back, which ties into what I want to talk about because one of the things that I um, did when, uh, when when Rosie was born, I kind of looked at that thing of, am I going to be around 21 years later? I want to be fit and strong and I want to be enjoying that. I want to be, I want to rage against the, the decline of old age, to, to, for want of a better way to put it. 
And the, the challenge there is, or the challenge at the time was, that I wasn't in great shape. I was still in that all or nothing mindset. I was still looking for that new latest religion, diet religion, fitness religion, whatever. And it, when I realized that I was perhaps not going to be in great shape when Rosie turned 21 or even here, if I carried on the way I was going, I decided to get some blood tests done and you know, get the old health MOT done, which I encourage everybody to do. Particularly, we're coming up to the new year. Why not get off to a good start and get those figures? Get to know your stats, your cholesterol, your blood pressure, your liver function, and whatever else your doctor will do for you in terms of tests for your, your age and your gender. So that is something I did. And what really gave me a shock was that my cholesterol, in particular, my blood pressure has always been low, and I think that's probably because of the inconsistent uh, exercise I've done over the years, but my cholesterol was really high, and perhaps it's familial in the sense that it's, it runs in the family, uh, I don't know, no, um, there are other people in the family who experience that, but it was really high, it was over eight, and that put me into the high risk category, and really potentially at, at, uh, you know, at a high risk of heart attack, uh, and real significant health problems. So that one particular figure, aside from my weight, which was something I knew I wanted to reduce because I was a good couple of stone over where I wanted to be, probably two, three stone over to be fair, um, that really woke me up to think, hang on a minute, am I gonna be here? What, what, what am I doing to myself? Now, it wasn't an overnight, because this is, you know, Rosie's seven, this was back when she was, I can't remember exactly before she was born, when she was born, whatever, around about that time. But the point of it was that, I use that shock to default into my all or nothing thinking and find the next thing, keto, uh, low carb, whatever it was at the time, to, to really get this sorted. I'm gonna sort it out. And it was those, those failures that finally woke me up to the fact that this does not work because I couldn't sustain, I couldn't even sustain a week, never mind uh, the months that I would have required to actually achieve anything significant in terms of the reduced cholesterol, etc. And I finally had to realize and admit to myself, the way that I'm doing it, or the way that I'm, I feel compelled to do it, based on past experience, based on my own all or nothing impulsive nature, isn't working and is not gonna work. No matter how many times I have a fresh start, it's not going to work. It's that old quote, is it, that's put down to Albert Einstein, I think. If you keep doing the same thing the same way, you're going to achieve the same results. Or is that the definition of foolishness? Whatever the quote is. But the thing is, I was doing exactly that. Each time I was expecting it to be different, to finally find that secret thing, that secret dose of motivation and inspiration, whatever it was, that would carry me through to the result. And it was that wake-up call that really made me think, hang on a minute, there's got to be a better way. Other people seem to do it. Other people seem to achieve that almost effortless sense of health and weight management, um, just sense of ease about life uh, with that. So what is it? What What is it that does it? And this is what embark set me on embarking on this journey, this, this quest, if you like, to find the way, which led me to the sprouts. The, the power of the habit, the power of consistency. Consistency was never my thing. I was famously, inc consistently inconsistent. Um, I would embark on something all or nothing and then it would drop off. And that consistency, that patience, that is what I had to really, really learn and embrace. And to be fair, I didn't embrace it. I struggled, I resisted it, I fought it. I, I really did not want to do this counterintuitive thing that just to me seemed like, well, it's gonna take forever. I just need to get it sorted. And I think this is a really important fact because how many of us can relate to that? How many of you can relate to that? Can you relate to that? Because if you're in that, that mindset of 
wanting to find the next thing, then perhaps we need to just step back and go, the next thing is to drop all the next things. The next thing is to step back and look at what are the small things and look at the long, long-term game. And this is where, I, I, with my coach, actually, Craig Hurd, um, we were talking about patience and being patient with the process versus being impatient. That's a challenging thing because there is a sense of urgency um, with this. You know, particularly back then, cholesterol ate, over eight, um, weight two or three stone, three stone if I'm if I'm honest, over plus, <laughs> um, over where I wanted to be. I wanted that sorted. I felt the risk. I felt the sense of urgency, and that's what pushed against the need to be patient. And I think this is where the difference between patience and impatience is being comfortable with the sense of urgency. And this is not my sentiment, this is Craig when he was talking to me through this, in, when we were talking through some business aspects of, of what, what I'm doing in my business. But being comfortable with that sense of urgency and nevertheless getting on with fulfilling the process, executing, sweating the sprouts day to day and sitting and staying with that discomfort, that's patience. Because let's be right, patience is not something where you suddenly get to and you're all comfortable. Patience is being present to and nevertheless carrying on with the sprout sweating whilst there's that presence, you're present to the urgency, the, the discomfort of that. The urgency, the impatience is where we give in to the sense of urgency and we try something new. We move away from the, the, the habits that we know will get us to where we need to get and we try the next thing. So have a think about that in terms of patience because it's coming up to 2023 and I talked about planning last year, last week. Um, and I think it's really important to start thinking about what are your goals? And I, obviously I'm focusing on health here particularly, um, but what are your goals? And how can you stretch out your timeline? Now, I do talk about having a longer term vision and some shorter term goals, but making those shorter term goals fit into the longer term vision. So my goal was to reduce my cholesterol down, to reduce my weight down. That wasn't going to happen overnight. That was going to take a couple of years. And, and as it's happened, it's taken a, a lot longer than that because I have faffed about a lot in the early years as well, resisting the, 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 the sprout sweating. So I needed some interim goals. And that's what I'm finding now is really, really helpful. Building in the strategies, sprouts and the habits and building in some shorter term goals that I can work towards that will keep me motivated, interested, engaged, deal to a certain extent with the patients and move me in the direction of my goals. So in terms of my own case study, this works because over the years, my cholesterol has come down. It doesn't take a month. It takes six months plus to start to move that cholesterol in the right direction and the weight as well. So over the years, I've lost that two and a half stone, got another stone to go. You know, I'm in that last mile, the last stone that I talked about in the phases of weight loss a couple of weeks ago. Um, and the cholesterol as of Monday has dropped below, uh, was it 5.7? Well, sorry, it's 5.7 from 6.3 about 18 months ago when I last had a check, which incidentally is another thing. I let my health check drift by an, an extra six months instead of making it annual. So again, permission to be human, Dave, you've got to stay on top of this, but I encourage you to stay on top of your checks. Get the checks done and keep getting them done regularly so you can track the improvements or otherwise and then adjust course accordingly. So by no means at four at 5.7 is my cholesterol, my cholesterol is now into the low risk range, but not ideal. My next target is to get under five. And then, you know, to whatever is a reasonably low level that I can sustain. My Q risk, which is the risk the indicating of things like cardiovascular disease and heart attack, has dropped right down to, is it 4.6%, um, which is a low risk. But again, I would like that down. So my three goals, 
having seen and being reminded that this works is to keep doing what I'm already doing. Make some tweaks. So I'm already looking at things like, and, and Dave, Dave mentions this in the interview, looking at the saturated fat content of food. So I'm switching out on his, on a random suggestion he made, I'm switching out my love of biscuits for rich tea biscuits, because I don't like rich tea because they're really, really low in saturated fat. And I love a good dunk in a cup of tea. And our, um, the, the Peter Kay sketch springs to mind now of the uh, the hobnobs being the paras of uh, biscuit world, but I'm going to stick with the, the rich tea because I do like to dip a, dip a biscuit and I do like rich tea. But the point of it is making where can I continue what I'm doing and make some small tweaks that will enhance and then, and, 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 and continue the journey. So things like moving the skim milk for me uh, from semi-skimmed, uh, rich tea biscuits instead of the other biscuits because I can demolish a full packet of biscuits if I'm you know in the right frame of mind or the wrong frame of mind. Um, so I'm making the tweaks and that's the point. It's about recognizing the journey that I've been on and seeing this works. And sometimes we all need, including me, to be reminded that you stick to the process, you stick to it, patience, be present to the urgency, but stick with it and stick with sweating the sprouts and it will work, it will get you there. And that's really kind of what I wanted to share with that in terms of encouragement, but also to emphasize that this is a long-term game. But the long-term game, whatever age you are starting at, start now and you can make improvements, you can make changes, you can positively impact your health. And hopefully you'll enjoy the interview with Dave because I think it's really um, inspirational. Um, and shows you really what we can do when we put our mind to it. Perhaps, and what I would hope is that you don't have the wake-up call that Dave had um, and that you are you kind of vicariously take the wake-up call from Dave's experience and you do something for you, for your health, because it is about preparing yourself and enhancing you, your health, for midlife and beyond. Because we are, as we talked about in the interview, living longer um, we have a different perspective from, say, my grandparents and, and, and old age. There are so many opportunities out there. Let's get on with our health and improve that for 2023 and beyond. And let's start to rebuild that sense of adventure and get our life back into some perspective where we see life as an adventure and we use our health as the foundation for enjoying the adventure. So that's me. That's my parting thoughts. There is no podcast across uh, the Christmas week. So what I want to do is also just wish you all the very best for Christmas uh, the Christmas period, whether you celebrate or not, whether you're working or not, and if you're working, thank you for the service. Having done a few years of my own work in it, I know that it, it brings strange feelings, but also it can bring its own sense of, I don't know, special kind of feeling sometimes when you are working in those kind of places, working um, over Christmas. But for those of you who are working, thank you for whatever service you're doing. Thank you for you know taking that time away from family and loved ones for that. But please find time to enjoy Christmas um, whatever time you have it with the loved ones and make 2023 a different year. Not not something where you're aiming for something dramatically transformational. Let's just start the process of sweating those sprouts and making some incremental changes so that by the end of the year, you have achieved a transformation that you wouldn't have given yourself credit for. So all the best and take care and uh, I hope you enjoyed the interview. Right, well, Dave, it's great, Dave, sorry, it's great to have you here. See, I get, I get between Dave and David and mine. If, if somebody says David, I cringe because it's my Sunday name or I'm going to be told off. So, Dave. <laughs> so, anyway, it's great to have you along. Um, and the reason, uh, I will have done a pretty bit of intro just before, but the reason we know each other is through CrossFit Taylor training and um, got to know each other over the years, really. And, and we're part of Dave Club, aren't we? The 9.30 class. It's um, One thing you don't yeah. do is talk about Dave Club, by the way, everybody. But the point is, there's that many Daves in there. We outnumber everybody else. Um, but the point is, it's a great little group and community. 
And over the years, obviously, come to know a bit about your background and your story, which I think is really, really relevant for for the the listeners, you know, and and um, those particularly who maybe sort of getting back on the journey of health, reclaiming the health, or facing challenges. I think it's really useful to just sort of hear other people's stories. So, yeah. do you want to say hi and tell tell everybody a bit about yourself and and what have you? Yeah, I'm. Uh, well, I started going to CrossFit in 2018, and. Uh, I heard about it from John Lee, who I met during a re- rehab at the activity centre following a heart attack that I had in September 2017. <laughs> uh, part part of the, the deal with that from um, the QE hospital was you, you go for a six-week period of uh, light exercise with the trainer, and, and John was doing that session, and then he saw there a that I'd been reasonably fit and uh, suggested that I started going to, to the gym. So I went to CrossFit and that, actually that's the best thing I've ever done. Right. So yeah. in a way, something as dramatic as a heart attack has actually changed my lifestyle completely. Right. Yeah, and I think it's, we'll dig into that that a bit more, but I guess what, what's the sort of before, because you said you were reasonably fit. You had, just to be obviously clear in relation, you had a reasonable level of fitness or a good level of fitness before you were a cyclist. I've like always cyc- yeah, yeah, I've always cycled and um, sort of fa- fairly seriously from fif- 15, 16 year old, I used to do time trials, stuff like right. that. And then uh, I got a got a job in the civil service when I was 17, so I went straight, straight from school to that, and, but which was a desk job. And uh, yeah, which isn't good. It's kind of what lots, yeah. <laughs> majority of people do, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And then, as the years went on, luckily, uh, when I got married, my wife was still keen on me cycling. She doesn't cycle at all, but I, but I do. Mm. And then I started entering uh, events and sportive events, which are non-competitive. So right. we've, we've travelled quite a bit doing those. Right. Yeah. And uh, so. We're, in fact, we've, I've done quite a few of them in Ireland. I've done a few in Scotland, around England, and um, just generally to try and keep fit. Yeah. But uh, and I used to do a little bit of running, did a bit of fell running, done a Great North Run a couple of times, and then more recently got back into running with the park runs. But that's because follow, following like the heart attack I had and the change in regime, I, I lost a lot of weight. Right. So it became easier to run. <laughs> right. And, uh, but it was out, it was following a bike ride that the heart attack actually happened. Right. Yeah, now it's an interesting one. And I don't know if you have an answer to it, but I think, uh, obviously we, we all have different backgrounds. We all have different sort of experiences with fitness and health. Some have done very little, some have done a lot and then let it go. Um, and or had other challenges that they've had to kind of deal with mm. in life. Um, it sounds like you were reasonably active, pretty active, the majority of your life. So, reasonable level of fitness, is that fair to say? Or? Yeah, I've always done something. Uh, done, used to do a lot of walking, done the West Highland Way um, three times. I did, did it in, once with my wife, and then with a couple of friends, and then with one friend, we tried to do it in, in three days, but a sprained right. ankle soon put a, right. a stop to that. Right. <laughs> That's quite a long. Is that it's a monthly day walk? Ninety mile. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. yeah. Right. So it goes from basically the outskirts of Glasgow to Fort William. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Up, right. Through, up through country. It's it's a beautiful that's, walk. That's it's well worth doing. Right. Stunning scenery out yeah. there, so that way. Yeah. So 
In terms of the heart attack, was there any kind of indication as to what was there something ge- gen- um, genetic? Was it there was, was no, there, there was uh, nothing nothing building up to it. it just, there was no advance warning or anything. There was uh, very luckily I'd I'd been out on the bike, just got back, put the bike away, went to get a shower, and that's where it happened. Right. It just got, started getting massive chest pains in the shower. Right. Just got out. Sat down, it wasn't getting better, lay down, it wasn't getting any better. And then my wife went and dialed 111 and she just about put the phone down when the paramedic walked through the door. Right, okay. And then she said straight away that that's what it was. Right. And then they got an ambulance and they did. The, the pain was um, horrendous. It was and just getting pumped like, with morphine in the, in the ambulance. and. Right. They wouldn't actually move away from the door until it was settled. Right. And then found out that, that that's definitely what it was. And the only thing they could suggest was that the, the cholesterol was probably a bit high. Right. And they think that caused it. Right. Said I've been really unlucky because um, it was one of the, the smaller arteries in the heart that got blocked. And that triggered right. the, like, the full heart attack. So the, like the, the body went into kind of survival mode, it right. was panic mode, really. Right. And um, so the, it's the angiogram that, that showed this right. that I had, which is um, an amazing experience. Right. It's because you can watch it while you're doing it. <laughs> right. And they, they, they video it. So yeah. when, after it was finished, they showed me it back. So I was able to track exactly which artery was blocked. Right. Which still is, because they couldn't. Couldn't do anything about it. Right. They said the best, the best bet f- for me was to um, to treat it with medication, which I have to take for life now, mm. and a change of lifestyle, right. change of diet. Right. So we're um, pe- people see us um, when we're in the supermarket buying things, studying, right. studying the packets, and we're looking for the level of saturated fat. Right. Right. So we cut that right down. Right. And. That's part of the, the key to it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, obviously, I, I'm no nutritional expert. You know, I, I support, I guess, people more on the, the, the stuff in our heads and our emotions and the coping strategies and our relationship with food and what have you. But I think it's important to recognize that, like, you know, that, that event was so big. And cholesterol, as you say, may have contributed mm-hmm. to it. There might be other factors as well. But you, it, it led to a big shift in, in change. Now, now, I've only ever known you as, as Dave now, who's... I mean, faster, fast running, fit as a lot, slim, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but I guess you say you lost weight and, and what have you. Was that, when you say you changed your lifestyle, how would you describe your lifestyle apart from the fitness side of things? Yeah, well, we thought we were eating quite healthily, but uh, obviously we weren't. Because right. we, we had to stop eating some of the things we used to eat. Mm-hmm. And which looked like the healthy options in the supermarket. Right. And uh, sort of geared that way but the, that little um, colour coded thing on the front of the package and now the, right. the traffic light thing is a good guide I mean that I was two stone heavier right before it happened right and was probably we th- thought we were drinking casually but we're probably drinking too much right so so that plays a big part right and um, and I thought I was getting out fit enough but Needed needed more, and it's it's the structured training at, at CrossFit that's right. that's helped the most, I think. 
Right, yeah. I, I guess before we jump in, because I'm, I'm, I, I want to go all over with, with some of the questions. So that this the, the change, um, it's this is one of the things that I've kind of picked up just through my reading as well. That obviously fitness and exercise is it's an important, it's a fantastic element to it. But actually looking at your nutrition side is important as well. Um, and you so you became very aware, as you say, the labels and, and what have you. And, and alcohol was that kind of where are you at with that now in terms of alcohol? Is it sort of a less frequent? Have you totally abstained? How oh, no, abstain, no, because uh, I mean, uh, even one of the cardio nurses said, don't change your lifestyle that much. Right. But obviously, don't drink every day. Right. And uh, certainly not not to excess. Yeah. But but she said, you have to, you have to live. So there's yeah. nothing wrong with your treat. Yeah. <laughs> so occasionally you can go like way over what the the 20 to 30 gram a day recommendation is right. as a treat. Right. So for example, uh, on, my, on my birthday in January, I go out and I have steak pie. Right. And that's the one time a year right. of the year where because I, I used to love pies, but um, a single one can wipe out your daily right values of saturated fat so yeah so it's, it's something to ge- gear up like that i think another major cause is um was probably work as well because work was starting to get a bit we'd been taken over by a different company who i was less than impressed with right and i'd been given the most senior role because they had no one to do it mm. and then the pressures were, were coming from them because they were expecting more from the a team that they'd cut from 20 down to six to do the same thing. So mm. I think the pressures were probably building up there as well. Mm. And part over the last couple of years is what I decided to do is take early retirement. And that has been a massive, uh, <laughs> that's like a complete weight off your shoulders. Right, that. right. But that was after the heart attack. That was after yeah, the heart yeah. attack. That, it was the heart attack that convinced me it was right, yeah. time, time to do something yeah, different. yeah. We can't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's a significant life event, shall we yeah. say? But it is, isn't it? And it's yeah. It's one of those things. I don't know what would have happened because one of the junior doctors I was talking to said, "If that, because what it is is a, a it's kind of a like a, a bit like a blood clot going around your system and then blocks the artery." And he said, "If it hadn't gone down that small one, mm-hmm. it would have gone through the major artery and just continued on." Right. So it's so. So in one way, it's bad luck that it hit that, but in another way, I've changed everything I've done and right, yeah, feel, yeah, yeah. feel much better for it. Yeah, so. yeah, and what could have gone on wouldn't have changed. It could have gone a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. That. So it sounds like, obviously, the cholesterol is an issue yeah. for that, and that, for my, because I'm interested in this, because it's one of those things that I've had to manage. Um, and managed down. I've just had a check on weight for results back, that kind of thing, um, just to keep on top. So it's it, it's interesting just to highlight that it's worth getting these checks as well. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. And funny, I was talking to a, not an interview, but a, a friend of mine who um, he had what he would call a widow make what people call a widow maker heart attack and survived, thankfully, right. a few years back. And again, he's very passionate about exactly that. Get your checkups, get them in, because that knowledge. Um, gives you at least an insight or something that you think like, I need to do something because what we don't want to do ideally is get to a point where things like this happen but yeah. obviously that that happened and it sounds like there was a combination of the cholesterol perhaps the stress um you reasonably active which would, would was that sort of a protective factor within this yeah and the, 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 um, the doctor said that 
this young doctor that I was talking to, really, who was works in the cardiology department. He he said, if you if I hadn't had the level of fitness that I had right. prior to it happening, then he probably wouldn't have been talking to us. So yeah, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? But yeah. it's very sober. <laughs> yeah. So that that led to change. In, in terms of before we get into what you do now and, and what have you and the, the differences, because I, I get what you're saying. You're kind of saying you were doing one kind of fitness, but now you're doing a range, which is I think you know there's yeah. a real benefit in that. But how did it affect you as a person, as Dave? You know, emotionally, psychologically, confidence-wise, all of that. Was there any what, what journey did you go on with that? Well, so, when it happened, yeah, yeah, well, and after I guess you know, the, yeah, when when it when it happened, the, the day it happened. And sitting in the ambulance, everything starts just flashing through, and you think, "God, what?" Uh, and when the, there's only the two of us, so we don't have any family. There's only me and my wife, and you just sort of think, "What you gonna do? What would you do?" And um, we went to the to the hospital, and we're in the A and E. And at the time, it's it's worse now, but it wasn't quite so bad then. Yeah, there wasn't a bed on the ward for the night, so they kept us in the in, in an E. Right, and we were just talking. My wife and me were just talking just before midnight from the day, and then it was. I felt this like little flutter, and then a nurse came rushing in and said, "Did you feel that?" And I said, "Yeah." She said, "Well, it came up when our system. There's another minor one just happened there." Right, and uh, so they were. Eventually, I got got a bed and. Was in the QE for a few days, waiting to go to the to the Freeman to have the angiogram. And you just get, you've got all that time to sit and think, and and I just thought I'm just going to do exactly what they tell me to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's one of those things you think you know they, they know better mm. better than me, mm. and uh, so we went and there were other people obviously on the ward who'd had. Much more serious ones, mm. and uh, some some people in terrible states, and you think, mm, yeah, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't, don't want to be part of this. Right. Yeah. But it's it's a mind, and I instantly started thinking about work. And thought, what what can I do there? Because you used to get um, called. It's supposed to be a five day a week, but you were called on weekends all the right, time. Yeah. I went down. At, Initially went down to four days to see what it would be like, but the day off wasn't really a day off because they used to ring all the time. Yeah. Yeah, so you're not getting that downtime, that switch yeah. off time. Um, so sounds like the, the, the strain from the job was... Yeah, I think that was a major part of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, I, and you know, my, my background, I guess, in terms of the stress side of things is that, that the chronic stress of that, those kinds of just long-term strain psychological no downtime can have a ticket all in lots yeah. of different ways so yeah yeah so over the, as you were starting to sort of recuperate um did it did was was your confidence affected or how did you what was the self-talk like in terms of and you know, um, i was funny enough one of the first things i asked the doctor even while i was in the qe was how soon will i be able to get back on the bike right <laughs> and then he he said, this guy who's really good, he, he said, the thing we want is to get you back on the bike as quick as possible. Mm. says, but it'll be a few weeks. Right. And uh, But he was really encouraging. He said, we would like 
says the best thing you can possibly do is to is to get back and exercise. Mm. It says just think of the heart as any other muscle. The more you exercise it, the stronger it gets. Mm. And um, but work work wise, and then I was thinking, um, how long am I going to do this? And so mm. I, I started plotting then yeah. how soon I was going to leave. I had a I had a goal of when I was going to leave long before it happened. But I just brought that few years forward. Right. So what went through? What were you weighing up? Because I think this is a, this is actually an interesting part of it. Is that we can many of us were kind of in careers in professions that we almost we were tied in financially and and kind of don't even challenge our own thinking about when am I finishing or how am I going to get to the finish line or you know it's just right. I'll do all these things when I get to the finish line. Um, and there's a lot more options in there. And sometimes it's about. It is trade-offs, isn't it? Sometimes you yeah. trade-off here for benefit there. Yeah. So what was what was going through your mind? In well, no, I was thinking, well, we're, we're, we're settled where we are, where we live. We don't particularly want to move. And that that's fine. So it was just weighing up what we, what we could do because you have to think, well, I'm leaving the pension, so I'm cutting my pay in half. How, mm-hmm. do, how do we survive on that? What what do we need to cut back on to do that? And yeah. You think, well, it's the trivial things, really. You know, it's it, it's some of the luxuries. You might go on holiday a couple of times a year instead of several times. Yeah. Or you might stay in this country rather than go abroad or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And you just weigh all those up. And um, my wife had already, she'd already taken early retirement like, a few years earlier because right. she's a few years older than me. And um, so she was... Um, Dead keen for me to leave. Right. Yeah. So that that Im- that improved things for both of us, apart from having to keep out of her routine. Right. Yeah. I, I have to disappear yeah. at certain times, yeah. but for her routine. And, yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. an interesting part, isn't it? Because you've got to renegotiate the dynamics of yeah. things when when big changes happen, and I guess that's part of it. But knowing that 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 is something that yeah. you need to do is is important as well. Yeah. yeah. It makes you when you when you're sitting on, or lying in a hospital bed. Lots of things go through your mind at that time. Mm-hmm. It seems to stop me sleeping for some reason. That uh, I don't sleep very well. Right. So I get up very early every day. Right. As if I was going to work. Really. Right. But I, literally every day. Whereas when I was at work, I could lie in on a weekend. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't now. I, right. I just get up. <laughs> so uh, it's it's actually a good question in terms of sleep quality or and length. Uh, you, you may not sleep as well, but what is that like? You know, generally for your sleep, how that, what, how long do you sleep? I pretty much wake up nearly every hour. It's, right. um, and um, don't know why. And um, I've spoken to the doctor, and and um, she said, "But do you feel all right during the day?" And I said, "Well, I feel all right." Mm-hmm. And said, "Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take anything for it." And mm-hmm. you know, it's just one of those things. Yeah. But there's nothing in particular actually wakes me up. But um, it just seems to happen. Mm-hmm. So I get up between. All, all that happens now is I, I read a bit on a night, and I get up early and read on the morning as well. Right. So yeah, I've done a lot more reading. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I mean, it's still kind of restful, isn't it? It's yeah. still allowing yeah. for that restful period and kind of. I, one of the things I find, particularly just as a side note on sleep, is that there is a lot out there at the moment about the, how vital good sleep is, and this yeah. and, and it's, it's really important, but. Because of that, I think there's also this anxiety around sleep and sleep quality. And am I sleeping well? And I've 
work with a number of people who that anxiousness is really, really debilitating. Yeah. And I think the first thing is to kind of take that pressure off. You know, it is what it is. Let's let's just see where we make some tweaks. But sometimes, you know, it might have been as part of the experience. It might be changing routines. It might be aging. Lots of different factors. But kind of being okay with where you're at and taking that stress off is. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's maybe maybe the <sighs> mind's just thinking. I better keep checking. And everything's all right. <laughs> well, you know, you don't know. Do we you? don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I know. I wore um, like a watch for a couple of nights to see how it monitored the sleep. And on both of them, there were there were no deep sleep. Right. Minutes at all. Right. It was light sleep. Mm. And um, a bit of REM sleep, but uh, no, on both nights there were no deep mm. sleep. Mm. It's an interesting thing because I don't like just from, from my sort of reading around it. I, th- I don't think the devices are quite there in terms. No, of I don't think accuracy. They can tell roughly when you're asleep, but they can't necessarily yeah. properly quantify the stages of sleep you're in. And again, I think that can be a source of stress because we kind of think deep sleep's better than REM sleep and all of this. Yeah. And actually, they're all they're all valuable. And you know, like you say, if you're waking up and your day to day is I'm okay, I'm yeah. doing all right, then let's just go off the, the subjective feel, you know. And that was it. I, I was just curious to see what the watch could yeah. do, and then yeah, yeah. After, after it, I thought, well, I'm not wearing it. Tonight, yeah, so I don't want to. Don't really want to know that. Yeah. Well, I think you're right. I think if it was perfectly, you know, you go into a sleep lab. They've got all the gear. They can they know exactly, yeah. and they can really, really sort of accurately assess it. To, not to one hundred percent. Obviously, nothing's one hundred percent. But but the devices that we've got, they they're only useful as far as they go. And if they're yeah. going to create anxiety, then Sometimes my device is always just you can read too much into yeah, it. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. It's like I would ne- I definitely when I go out on the, on the bike, I, I don't train to a heart rate. Right. To heart rates and uh, right. Well, well, it's actually the medication I take kind of keeps it down now so it can't go too high. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's an interesting thing. Oh, just put my cup down here. That, that's an interesting um, thing is on recovery, actually getting back on the bike. Now, I can imagine, I can only imagine, to be fair, um, that there might have been some fear, some, you know, some something that's saying is really, do I, should I, is this going to make things worse? Yeah. And I think it's one of the challenges for... Um, you know, those of us who might be managing um, a condition or just getting back into fitness at a particular age and just trying to build that confidence back. Yes. Yeah. It can be a scary prospect, you know, getting back to any kind of fitness, I guess. But obviously your heart your heart specialist said you wanted your back on the bike. Yeah, so and it turns, it turns out I was talking to him. Um, I went back to see him after I'd uh, left the hospital. I, w- I went back to see him to thank him and turned out that he's actually a cyclist right. as well so right and then um, so I was I was saying discussing when I was going back on and he said if you feel anything he said don't stop so just ease off pedaling right but don't stop right and then that actually happened I was I went back dude I was determined to do the same route that I'd done right which is a bit, a bit weird maybe but I was doing that and then this just starting to feel this pain, very light pain, just started. And I thought, and it was in the same area. Right. And I thought, what well, is this going to happen again? And so I just eased off the way he said. And sure enough, it just went away. Right. And uh, so I, I've learned to do that. If And I also carry, um, like, there's a, a sprayer that you carry with you right. all the time. 
just in case. And then if you get a massive pain, you, you spray it under your tongue. Right. Well, you sit down, spray it under your tongue, and the blood rushes to the heart. Right. Like back to the heart. Right. And then, um, but, and he would touch wood. Touch wood. Yeah. I haven't yeah. actually used it yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I carry it just in case. Yeah. It's interesting. I think, I mean, firstly, from, from my point of view, feels like it would take a lot of courage to, to sort of make those steps and a little bit of courage, if not a lot, to, to keep keep pushing on and, and doing things, knowing that. And I think it's one of the challenges that, um, <clears throat> you know, you, if you have an experience like that, the temptation maybe, and I'm not, this is only talking to, from talking to lots of different people, the temptation may be to, to think, I can't do anything to stress the system. Mm. But actually, the physical, the human body has actually evolved to move, hasn't it? Yeah. It's moved under pressure, stress. Not the psychological stress at work, perhaps, but like under the, the, the stress and strain, and that's when it can thrive. But it's how you do that, and I guess it's under the professional guidance and supervision, which kind of brings me on to, you You, you talked about meeting John Lee, uh, who is one of the co-owners of, of CrossFit Tiller Training. But talk us through that, because I think it's interesting that it was about changing the kind of exercise you were doing as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean... The only thing with the cycle in mind, I used to go mountain biking a lot. And the day that it happened, I'd been in Beamish Woods right. on my own. Right. Which is even right. better that it happened yes. at home. So yeah. the, the thing that I changed straight away was I don't do that now. I don't go mountain biking on my own. Right. I, I go road riding knowing that if something happened and I fell off, there would be somebody around. Yeah. Whereas out in the woods... That would be it. That, that, that's a good point. So it's about, it's not just sorry, I'm just getting back. It's about actually pragmatically and safely thinking. Yeah. What what will I do that's sensible and safe, but nevertheless still getting on with life? Yeah, that's which, it. We, yeah. So yeah, you, that so you adapted to where you, you want to be where it's the time where you, you want to be out on your own, but you want to be somewhere where you know someone's going to pass yeah. if, if something goes wrong. Yeah. And, uh, but John I met after the, part of the, um, the, re- the rehabilitation was you go on a, a six-week a six course and um, it's with physios and trainers and they just it's just basic exercise and really it was, it was too easy for me at the time. There was a bit on an exercise button and come along and say, no, don't pedal so hard. No, right. Right. And then you do a bit of circuit-type training. And then, and John was at at the Washington Health uh, Leisure Centre where I was doing it, and got to know him because I was going um, three times a week. And then he, he said, "Why don't you come along to a gym? I've got a gym." So I started going to that on a Sunday for a CrossFit light. And then, as it went on, because John knew it, my symptoms exactly, and so. I was confident with him, knowing that if something went wrong, he'd know what to do. Mm. And so, so it was, and he was he seemed confident that I was doing what he was telling telling yeah, me to do. Yeah. So we gradually built it up, and then I went to the normal, uh, started going to the over fifty five exercises, and then John said, "Just come to the normal ones," and and that has been brilliant. But one of the great things about CrossFit is is done is that my cycling now is much better than it ever was. Right, yeah, it's it's greatly improved that. Yeah. So uh, I I used to dread hills, but they don't bother us now. Mm. So I know now I can go out and I can push it a bit harder, yeah. knowing that I'll get home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of people who do, you know, the CrossFit is supporting, say, running or yeah, something else. It does. That it kind of, it really does benefit the running around. And, and I, you know, I've been talking a lot of CrossFit, but the point of CrossFit, and you can check out previous episodes where John Lee and, uh, and Michael were um, <coughs> here and give a, you know, we had a, an interview and, and they give the sort of ethos and principles of CrossFit. But it is about sort of training the body from different directions. And yeah. different, so you've got balanced strength and endurance. I'm oversimplifying it. So sorry, lads, if I get this totally oversimplified. But the point is to sort of build a rounded physical wellness. Um, so that inevitably is going to affect, it's it's for life as well as yeah. for your, you know, it's going to have a knock-on effect to those things. Did, it, did that as well? Because one of the things that's always struck me as well is, as you get physically more well-rounded in the, in the sort of strength, balance, all that kind of thing, it can affect your psychological confidence levels and stuff like that. Any kind of impact on that side of things? Yeah, it definitely definitely does. It Because um, I, I think it's, it just seems to get the whole body moving much better and that seems to, to stimulate your mind as well. Yeah, yeah it, it certainly build up the confidence and uh, it, it was part of that. That as well, or I thought I want to come here more often, so I've got to get away from work. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there was a, there was a few different things come came together. Yeah, so all... one thing I don't think I asked is, if you don't mind, is what age were you when you in terms of the heart attack and and fifty nine, fifty nine, um, and did yeah, did you say it was because twenty twenty to twenty twenty two, twenty seventeen, so five years ago, yeah. One, one o'clock it's on the 17th right. of September 2017. Not that it's burned in your brain. Yeah, so 65 I am in January. Right. So in terms of the park runs that I started doing, right. um, I move into the next age category, category right. on the, yeah, yeah. in January. Yeah, and you do really well in the CrossFits when, from the times that you have. Uh, sorry, the, uh, the park, park runs, runs yeah, I've, well. got, I've got the park run down to um, 21 minutes, 30 Eight, mm. which, which is so at, at the Herrington Park, and normally the, the quickest one in the current age group. So yeah, was, yeah and, and that's all from the from the lads across the, the yeah. training that they do. Yeah, and I think another point because you're saying 65 next year. Um, I think we're all in different circumstances here, but one of the things is we're all getting older. There's no getting away from that, and I think it's the challenge of. Um, I mentioned that poem, the, the, is it the Dylan Thomas, uh, Do Not Go Gently Into The, I can't remember the title of it, it might be that, Rage, Rage Against The Dying Light, it's this idea that we're, let, let's not fear away, let's let's actually see our as midlife and beyond as an adventure and let's do everything we can to thrive rather than just kind of not even gracefully decline. And I guess part of it is to know that we're all in different positions. So for me, I'm 52, I think that, 53 next year, I um, have I've got a spotty kind of fitness background. I did like I've cycled a couple of big ones, London, Barcelona, London, John Gross, but I was never a cyclist, um, and you know, kind of never found I was never a foundation of fitness. Mm. So I I look ahead at like the opportunity to just continually build. I, I mean, you run far faster than me. You cycle far faster than me. Like you know, and I think one of the challenges is we can look at ourselves. I think, ah, but I'm not, or I'm, I didn't have that. I, I'm not that from that fitness background. Or I've never been to the gym, and this kind of talk that we have. So it's about contextualising it in your own, your own world of what can I do to just incrementally improve and sort of push back the inevitable decline. I guess, and that, I don't want to sound that sound negative, but you know, we're aging, but see if we can thrive and have a good health, quality of health, yeah, like health span rather than lifespan, if you like. 
Um, so I guess from your point of view, what's what's your kind of ambitions going forward? You know, I'm guessing by the time that you've still got your ambitions on the fitness side. Of yeah, def- ambitions. Yeah, de- definitely on the on the fitness side, it's just to continue on because you see people at the park runs and well into their seventies, some of them in their eighties, and, and it, I, I think it, and it's all part of a mindset. When when I think back at what um, my parents did when they were that age, there's nothing like nothing like what we do. Yeah. Because they had this, well, you, well, I'm 60 now, I've got to do this. and But I think the modern generation doesn't think like that now. It's, yeah. We want to extend the, the good yeah. times as long as we can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point because I think our awareness and perspectives, I mean, science and physical science in particular, health has moved on massively. But so has our belief in what we can expect from ourselves and understanding. And, and I, I, like you, I think back to my, my gran. Um, bless her, who, you know, smoked all of her life. They, all of all of her family pretty much lost all their teeth. I think that must have been the thing that they did. You know, if you yeah, go back to did, yeah. take, take them all yeah. out, and I remember the, the false teeth in the glass. Yeah. And that, you know, that, there are there are reasons for that to happen now, but it seemed to be just part of the course, you know. And it was totally different in terms of how you perceived your age. You know, at fifty, you were old. Yeah. And now that's not that's no. People don't think like that now. Yeah. There was definitely. So they would have been saying, you're doing what? At your age, you shouldn't yeah, be doing yeah. that. Yeah, if you, if you chat, if I channel me grand, I mean, uh, Blissa, she was into her 80s when she passed away. Um, and a good life, you know, up to the last couple of years. Uh, but nowhere near as active as many of us now. Nowhere near and doing no. a lot of those things. So there is a lot of hope, I think, for many of us in our 50s, 60s, 70s, even now, even just starting now. If it, it, whatever, whatever level you're on, making a start can board so well for just quality of life. Yeah. Never mind the added years you might add on, go well and that kind of thing, but I think it can it can board really well. So for me it's a, it's it's that how do we reframe it, you know? Um and, and that's why I'm interested in your journey as well because it's such a significant thing. I can only imagine and hopefully touch would never get there, but you know, you can never say never never have that experience. Um but you can come back for it. Yeah you, you can chance, you know you can. And it's uh I mean, I think by exercising quite a bit, like I said, it, stimu- it stimulates the mind. So hopefully that is keeping yeah. away. You hear of so many um, older, older people with dementia now that maybe it's because of not doing anything from, mm-hmm. you know, sitting with an, an active lifestyle. And yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, again, I'm no expert, but I, I understand there's different forms of dementia. You know, you've got, but there's there's... Some of it is linked to the vascular side and yeah, your vascular health, you know. Yeah. Um, so anything you can do to, to yeah, sort of improve that health, yeah. that side is going to give you at least a better chance of, yeah. of, of resisting that. So you're right, and um, and I think uh, we're we're sitting here, we're dressed in our CrossFit gear because we've just been to the CrossFit this morning. <laughs> so um, I think one of the things is that like today it was, I mean, you said it was pretty frenetic one, wasn't it? It's yeah, all clients, yeah. and it was um, clean jerk pushing a bar above our heads and on the bike the push bike. But that mix of things, I remember it was freezing in the gym when we started. My hands were numb. I don't know about yours, but like touching, picking the bar up. Yeah. And by the end of it, you're glowing, aren't you? Yeah. And and. Yeah. It's that phrase, you never regret a workout. And I think that's really true. It's it's daunting. I still get nervous. I don't know about you, but I get nervous every time I walk. I think I'm going to CrossFit. Yeah. Um, it's, not, it's not a dread. It's just a nervous yeah, not butterflies. Dread, just, uh, yeah, butterflies. Yeah, that's what it is. I, yeah, I still get that as yeah, well. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, but I think it's kind of moving past that into just doing something. Whatever it is, it doesn't have to be crossfit, it doesn't have to be biking, it doesn't have to be uh, running, it could be walking. You know, walking, is, you know, it's a cold, crisp day, but if you can get decent footwear on, you can get out and get a bit of fresh air, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I think it's really important to, to move a little bit more than we already are. And also, I think the big one is just get checked out. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a biggie when I start with my clients is get yourself a baseline check on what you know where you're at uh, and it's for everybody but I think particularly blokes we're a bugger and we're for, for not perhaps looking after that side yeah, of the yeah, doctors definitely. I'm speaking I'm generalising um, but I think it can be easily overlooked yeah and sometimes we need a nudge don't we to go so, and well, especially now as well I think you think oh, this this doesn't feel quite right I'll just search for it yeah, and that can be the worst thing you can do. Like, oh, yeah, Google, <laughs> Google, Google diagnosis, Google an ailment, and you think, yeah. oh, oh, that's it. Oh, that's Life's over. over. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> what, yeah. what do I need to do before a certain day's time? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. You're right. And I think, oh, do, oh, you just have a few, and you think, well, I'll save them up. I'll take. I'll wait till I've got about five things to go and bother the doctor. Oh, with. Right. I think. I think it's really important. And um, it's interesting recent conversations because I had a conversation with a friend of mine. I won him. From it, but um, he prompted me to think, you know what, it's, it's over a year since I had my last check. And I, talk, I work with people on this, you know, it's easy to forget yourself in it. So, if nothing else, get yourself a, a booked in for a checkup. Um, and, you know, over 50s at the most GPs, if not all, they do that. But even even younger than that, why not get yourself the basics checked? Your know, blood pressure, cholesterol, yeah, it, uh, heart, head of health, bloods, whatever they do, you know, liver function. I obviously get an annual one now. I have to go for it. But um, Monday, I just went for a normal health one that I, I go for as well. And it it, it takes 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Just a, a blood sample. Take your blood pressure and then... Uh, you get the results within two days, and if you've got the NHS app, you, you get them even quicker. Mm. So yeah. I, I, I'd see my results before the doctor rings and says what they are, because right. cool. I've already looked at them on the app. That's a good point. I'll have to have a look at mine because I did mine on Monday. I don't know if my results are back, but uh, that's worth checking. Out. Yeah, mine, mine were on yesterday. Yeah. yeah, it's it's actually it's interesting because even little things like where your weight is at. Um, or where blood pressure is at in relation yeah. to, obviously cholesterol is one of the blood checks and, and liver function, those kinds of things. But it's just a good way to catch yourself on, as me Irish cousins would say, catch yourself on and just generally think, right, where am I at and what am I going to do? And I think at this time of year, I, I don't know if this will air before Christmas or after, um, but it is back end of the year. It's a natural time to start reflecting about what do I want for 2023. Um, you might even have a New Year's resolution health-wise and might even fall by the wayside if it's in January. Mm. It's about not forgetting these basics, and it's the small things, the check-ins, and then the small things you do, yeah, to just change and, up and upgrade. And yeah. I guess the message is you can't, can't you? Yeah. So I mean, thank you for sharing your story. Is there anything else you wanted to add, or that we maybe haven't covered? But no, um, no, I'm just well, so pleased to still be here. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think vicariously. That's one of the things that I want for me and listeners is to kind of just go, you know what, I don't yeah. ever want to be there, but God willing, hopefully I won't, but let's do what I can. And it can be really positive as well, you know, you, yeah. so, you know, those, we can, after setbacks, after real challenges, whether it's a health condition or whatever, you still can, you still got life in you, you can still do these things. Yeah, um, so, there's a couple, couple of people that, the junior doctor in, um, at the hospital who, said just go for it and then John Lee who's uh, been a real inspiration yeah, so. yeah. 
Maybe yeah. thanks to him, I owe him a, a couple of drums, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, well, the one thing about that, and this is a this is a blatant shout out to the lads at CrossFit, is they're both of them, Michael uh, Williamson and, yeah. and John Lee Lydon. They're they're both they live and breathe what they do, and um, it's not just about the macho side of get lift heavy and all that. It's actually tailored. It's about you, uh, the person doing yeah. what you can to get a little bit better, then a little bit better. And what can we do as for you? And they're passionate about it. And I think it just shines through. And it, yeah, I, I've got the same because not only have they helped me, but they've built a wonderful community there. And yeah, because you, you can, I mean, I, I know earlier when I was there and I'd be standing next to somebody who's just dropped this huge weight to the, <laughs> yeah. to the, to the floor, which is probably two times my weight. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm sitting there, standing there with an empty bar and thinking, but he's come over and said, well done. Yeah. yeah. So, Do you know, that's really important to say because I think we can have perceptions and, and gyms, you know, some, you know, they can get a bad rap because of the clickiness or that, that, that atmosphere. But I think it's also don't write them off. Don't write off any association club, whether it's walking, running, whatever. If it's something you're swimming, if it's something you fancy doing, test it out because they're all, they all bring something different. Yeah. And I think you're right. If you can get that that kind of nice community where people support each other, no matter how big the lifting versus whatever you think you're doing, etc., that's what it's about. It's building the community as much as I yeah. The, the last part when I did is there's people there yeah. that do those as well. They're exactly the same as the young lad there, and I uh, he'd finished ahead ahead of me, and I asked him his time, and he said oh, 20, 20 minutes thirty, and he's thirteen year old, <laughs> and. Nice. Uh, said oh that's brilliant and uh, so he asked me mine and then he just went it was about to leave with his mom and he went well done today right. so that's a 13 year old saying to me yeah. well done today yeah. brilliant yeah <laughs> but that's that's it that's what that's what we're trying to build yeah i think in life is the support of it we're all where we're at we're all with, dealing with what we're dealing with and you know let's make no apologies for that let's make no what bones about it but we can't it's the things we can do rather than dwelling in what we can't do is a big, big message. Yeah. Definitely. Well, thank you for sharing your, your message. Yeah. And um, as I say, if there's any thoughts from anybody, any questions or feedback, give me a shout at dave at restlessmidlifer.com. Um, and uh, for me, it's great to have an, because we have, I have interviews with experts in different areas. It's, and it's just good to get real life experience because it's about just day to day. What can we do? So thank mm -hmm. you for sharing. That's been, that's been a privilege. Right. So thank you. Cheers. 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 Yeah. And uh, catch you all next week. Take care for now. Thank you for listening. You'll find all show notes, links and resources mentioned at midlifereshape.com forward slash podcast. And it would mean so much if you could spread the word to your fellow restless midlifers. Share the show and links. And if you aren't already, subscribe to the show in your podcast feed of choice. And one more thing. If you enjoy the show, it would be great if you could rate it by visiting midlifereshape.com forward slash review. It would mean so much, and I may even give you a shout-out in return. And a quick final thanks to production assistant Karen North of North BA and for the music, which is called Silver Star by the awesome Logan Nicholson of Music for Makers at musicformakers.com. Take care for now, and don't forget you really can reshape your midlife health and rekindle that spirit of adventure.